Why don't we all honor the Lord and stand together as we pray? Lord Jesus, you said, I stand at the door and I knock. And if anyone will hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and I will sup with him and him with me. So Father, Jesus, we just, we just offer that, we open that door to you right now, Jesus. We say, come into this house. We lay aside every agenda, every plan we have for this service. And we say, Jesus, walk amongst us because we know that you are the same yesterday, today, and forevermore as you walk up and down the aisles and you touch people all over the world through this service. And we grab hold of your hem of the garment. Just like that woman with the issue of blood you will change everything oh god every infirmity every fear every anxiety every bondage will just fall away in your presence so we just say father god rend the heavens and come down let your glory fill this house lord we pray that your fire go before you and consume every plan of the enemy we bind every demonic spirit that would try and disrupt this service in the name of jesus we take authority and we thank you for the worship we believe that it's going to go forth into your throne room, God. And it's not only going to be a blessing to you, but it's going to come down with such an anointing. We pray a double portion of your anointing on Jasmine and the musicians because we know that it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. And as this worship goes out, every yoke, every bondage will be set free, oh God. And Lord, we also thank you for the man of God. Lord, you desire truth in the inward parts. And we know that you've put a word of truth in him today. Lord, like when Gideon was taking his army and telling them, giving them orders of what to do, we believe that you've got a man, a word from heaven that's going to come out of him today. Lord, to set us forth for the victory that you're going to do today, not only in this house, but in this nation and in this world, for your glory, oh God. So we give you all the praise and all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on and put your hands together for Jesus. Oh, Lord, I 
you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Come on, I feel Jesus in this place today. There's liberty. Oh, in whom the Son has set free is free indeed. We bless you, Lord. Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus loves me. You have a plan. You have a you hope. You 
Do you love Jesus today? Do you love Jesus today? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to
presence of God in this place and you know what I feel it every week I feel it every week and that's how I know that's how I know this pleases the Lord I, I, I hope that when I, I cross over one day that God will just peek back the curtain and say come here son and let me show you what I saw when your church worshiped David said, teach me to please you, Lord. And, and this day, I think the Lord has taught us to please him. Because I think there's such a sweet incense that goes up from this house. And I, and I just have to think that it pleases the Lord. Because I feel his presence in this place. If you'll stand to your feet, we'll, we'll turn our hearts to giving this morning. And, and we'll say the offering declaration together. 
Because I am a tither and a giver, the windows of heaven are open to me, and God rebukes the devourer for my sake. I am blessed financially and receive a blessing that I cannot contain. I choose to sow cheerfully and bountifully, knowing I will reap bountifully. He makes me the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. The blessings of God are chasing me, and overtaking me because God loves to see me prosper. I am believing him for advancements, God ideas, blessings and increases, financial freedom and breakthroughs. Amen. Ushers, you may serve the people. the Lord. Everybody doing good today? Has anyone told you they love you yet? I want to be the first. I love you. I'm so glad to have you here. Uh, I was on grandma duty back there, so I make no apologies for that. <laughs> uh, it's just an honor to worship with you today and just feel the presence of the Lord in this place. No turning back. No turning back. The cross before me the world behind me, no turning back. My goodness, praise the Lord. We have got so many wonderful uh, guests and so many great things happening today. So I'm just going to start out and say that I met some friends from Trinity, Texas. Would you stand and let us welcome Texas? God bless you. Honored to have you here. Is there anybody else from Texas in the room? Anybody else? Okay. I, did I meet Idaho? Stand up, Idaho. Let us welcome you. Glad you're here. God bless you. So, was it? I can't read lips. I can't, huh? Columbus, Georgia. Sorry. Stand up. Stand up. I'm sorry. Good to have you here. God bless you. Amen. Uh, any other visitors that I missed? Oh, yes, ma'am. Iowa, wow, we welcome you. Welcome to Nashville. How you liking our warm humidity around here? Yeah, is it getting warm enough for you? Yeah. Uh, it, anybody else? Anybody from out of state? Colorado, stand up, Colorado. Honored to have you. God bless you. Anybody else around? Yeah. Ma'am? West Virginia, we welcome you. God bless you, West Virginia. Yes, ma'am. Maryland, stand up, Maryland. We're honored that you're here. We just might make Nashvillians out of all of you. Would that be all right? Yeah. Uh, anybody else? Pennsylvania, stand up, Pennsylvania. Welcome to Nashville. Amen. Anybody else? Turkey, stand up, Turkey. You win the prize today for the farthest traveled. We're honored to have you. God bless you. Anybody else? Florida, where's Florida? Stand up, Florida. Let us welcome you. We're honored to have you here. 
I happen to know we have some Washington State folks here. Where's Washington State? Stand up, Washington State. Let us welcome you. Amen. We're honored that you are here. We love you so much. God bless you. Anybody else? Okay, all hearts clear. All right, so I, just so much fun. Uh, you guys, we have the most generous church. And you really heard the cry and the plea for the toys that we sent out for Christmas in July for the bridge ministry that we partner with. The Lord uh, just put it in our hearts 20 years ago to found that. And we serve 7,000 children a week, underprivileged children. That's you. You're helping to do that, and we are honored to uh, link arms with you, and you're just the most generous congregation because the Bridge Ministry truck is here today to gather those toys, and so I just want to thank you so much for your contribution to help us with these children. So I just want to tell you that if you forgot about it or uh, if you are online and you would like to still contribute the Bridge Ministry has a wish list for toys, um, and you can do it totally anonymous if you like, but there are all kinds of toys that on, on a Bridge Ministry page, and I'm just going to tell you, I don't really know how to do that. Some of you Amazon shoppers probably know right where to go to do that, but just look up Bridge Ministry on Amazon, I guess, and so all, all these toys come up, and it's amazing, and so if you would still like to contribute... Um, Look, August 1st isn't until Tuesday, so we can still have we can still have Christmas in July until Tuesday or any time after that. But we're I just want to say thank you. Um, and then I'm going to call on you in December again, too, because we want to just finish uh, and make up the gap there with all these little uh, children. We have a renewed class coming up August the 6th. And if you would like to be a member of Regeneration Nashville come August the 6th right here at Cornerstone and we will do our new members class and so I get to have you all to myself so I just love it I, and so it, but here's the thing it's very very important for you to know what your church believes what your pastors believe and how we interpret scriptures the Bible says how can two walk together unless they agree and so we want to be in agreement with our interpretation of the spirit and how we um, just how we believe. So come to the Renew class, and that is August the 6th at 1.30 right here at Cornerstone Church, and uh, we will have our Renew class, and we always have such a wonderful time. So also, um, I want to remind you that we have the uh, prayer, the corporate prayer. Our church, this church, was built on prayer and we have some mighty prayer warriors in this church and I am honored to walk alongside you uh, this this is a praying church and we just finished our three days of prayer and fasting that we do every quarter but this Saturday is the first Saturday of the month and that is August the what fifth August the fifth so we're going to be right here at the cornerstone location from 9 30 to 10 30 we will pray an hour together as a church family it will strengthen you personally but it will strengthen us as a church family to pray together and so uh, the Bible says if two touch anything on earth and agree so we come into agreement together and pray together as a church family you don't want to miss it it is always so powerful so I uh, I would like our youth group if they would to make their way uh, to the stage very quickly um,
I am so proud of our youth group and they just came back from the ramp. <laughs> and I, I just want to say this while they're making their way. I, I said this a moment ago, but this is a very generous church. And your generosity um, made sure that all of these children were able to go to the ramp. And this has been a life-changing event for these kids. And they have met Jesus face-to-face. -face. And so uh, they went under the leadership of Pastor uh, Nicholas. And so I, 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 can you just tell me a little bit of what happened this weekend? First of all, I want to know if you've had any sleep. <laughs> Not much. <laughs> <laughs> you've been corralling kids, and you've got some of your volunteers there at the end that helped you thank God for good volunteers. Take this mic and tell us a little bit about what happened. Man, I wish that y'all could have seen uh, oh gosh, try not to cry, but <laughs> in that room last night it was shoulder to shoulder of teenagers. <laughs> crying out to God. <laughs> That deep cry, you know, that comes from the pit of your stomach. And I just begin to see kids get slain in the spirit and begin to speak in tongues. And you can see a change in their countenance as tears stream down their face. And you see things just begin to drop off of them. Abuse and weights and chains and the lies of the enemy. God showed up in that room. God showed up for our youth. And God has so much more in store. It's just the beginning. They're just a seed because God is going after after this generation. Amen. Hallelujah. I tell you what, we're not the only fishers of men. The enemy is out there casting his nets. And I saw Jesus last night cutting the nets of the enemy in that room. And we were taking back what the enemy stole from us. We plundered the enemy last night. God was faithful to us. Uh, I just want to say thank you so much. I could not have, we couldn't have done this without the, your generosity. Many of you prayed. Many of you donated money. So many of my chaperones sacrificed sleep, sacrificed, you know, time. They could have been working time with their families to go on this trip uh, and invest in our youth. And it, and it was an amazing uh, investment. God, God is so faithful, so faithful. Well, I just, I, I just want the kids, if you, if you don't mind just taking a moment, I'd like to hear, where is Caroline? Come here, Caroline. Tell, tell us what happened, what happened to you at the ramp. So, First of all, how old are you? 13. Okay, sorry. <laughs> so at the ramp on the first day, I was praying in the back, and I just kept praying healed. And I felt this tingle, and all the pain in my body I went away. Yeah, I had a knee injury and a shoulder injury. And both of them immediately stopped hurting, and it hasn't hurt ever since. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Bless you. Come here, Nick uh, Cooper. Come here, Cooper. This is my this is my grandson, Cooper. What happened to you? So uh, yesterday on Saturday, in the middle of the afternoon, when I was starting to get baptized after baptism, when I was heading back to my room, I was praying in the mirror, and I heard something like I heard a whisper. And I heard, you are healed.
by the name of Jesus, yes, you are healed. Amen. And then when it was in the middle, when it was almost over at the ramp, I was sobbing for Jesus. And I look up in the sky, I look up, I see the heavens, I see Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Come here, my darling. What, hap what happened with you, Diamond? Well, I got delivered from my fear, anxiety, depression, and comparison. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Any, huh? Faith, come here, my darling. Come here. Um, so How old are you? I'm 12. Okay. Um, so I got healed from depression, and I was just, like, depressed all of the time for, like, two years straight. And I started to drift from God because I knew that it wasn't from Him. And I kind of just felt like I shouldn't be bringing it to Him in a way. Um, but then, like, I just got completely filled with the Holy Spirit and the joy. <laughs> and, um, yes, it, and then, like, I also got delivered from fear. That was, like, an extra bonus because, like, I would not be doing this right now. <laughs> right. You couldn't be fearful and do this, could you? It, come here, my darling. What happened for you, my darling? Um, I got delivered from I got delivered from fear and guilt and shame. Wow. Let me tell you something. We put that demon of fear on a run, didn't we? Isn't that awesome? Praise the Lord. God bless you. Thank you so much. And uh, if you got filled with the Holy Ghost, just raise your hand. If all of you that got filled. Isn't that powerful? Well, I want you all, if you will, just to stay here, if you don't mind. And we have the children's ministry standing outside the door. And we would like the children's ministry to come. And uh, because they start back to school this week. How many of you start back this week? Like on Tuesday you start back? Yeah, August 1st is Tuesday. That's right. So um, I just want to tell our church that the children's ministry has a back to school bash Friday, August the 18th. Go to our website and register for details. So there will be giveaways and the generosity of this church. Again, someone gave a PS5. I don't even know what language that is. But someone donated that, and they'll be giving away a PS5. So if you speak that language, that might mean something to you. So come on, children. Come on. Aren't they wonderful? This is the church of tomorrow. Yes. Look at there. All right. I am so proud of our children's ministry and these are the parents um, we have backpacks for the little ones uh, as they leave the stage we will be giving them backpacks full of school supplies isn't that fun do you remember going back to school and all your school supplies isn't that great aren't they beautiful well, we love our children, and so the reason that we have asked our children to come to the, plat the platform is that we as a church family, we want to wrap our arms around our children. Y'all just keep on coming down. Y'all scooch on down just a little bit. Just come on, keep on coming. 
scooch. That's a good southern word, isn't it? Are y'all scooching? Aren't they beautiful? This is very important. It's, it's very, very important because how many of you know that the enemy is making a bid for the souls of our children? So I just saw, I just saw this week, I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say that, um, you know, this new Barbie movie is full of all of this, um, you know, transgender, demonic stuff. They've now put out a Barbie Ouija board. And parents unwittingly are buying these things. The enemy is after our seed. But how many of you know that God made Eve a promise? God made Eve a promise. He made you and I a promise. And he said that we're going to put our foot on him and we're going to that our seed will crush the head of Satan. Now that's what my Bible said. That's what my Bible said. So you as a church family, yes, yes. Can we get him up here? You need help? Okay, we're good. We're, well, we're going to pray for you too, okay, my darling? We're going to pray. Church, would you stand? And would you stretch your hands out to the pastors and prophets and teachers and evangelists of tomorrow and we're going to pray a blessing and protection over our children father in the name of jesus first of all we thank you for our seed we thank you for every child every family represented here today and father we just thank you god for the seed of the lord that is in the hearts of each of these children. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, in accordance to your word, Lord, we place a hedge around our children, a hedge of protection around their mind, around their bodies, around their souls. And we declare Isaiah 57, 14, uh, 54, 17 that says, No weapon formed against them shall prosper in the name of Jesus. We bind every assignment sent against their bodies to make them sick. We bind every demonic assault against their minds to turn them from the ways of the Lord. Now, Father, we ask you that the hand of God would be upon them to bless them and to lift them up. Lord, give them favor with God, favor with men, according to to Luke 2:52, the child increased with wisdom and stature and favor with God and favor with man. So, Lord, we speak divine favor over our children. Holy Spirit, settle down upon them every day that they go to school. Father, that they feel the peace and the presence of the Lord in Jesus' name. Now, why don't you give Jesus Christ the greatest hand? clap of the day hallelujah hallelujah isn't that wonderful I love that so much thank you so much ladies and gentlemen and I believe that we have backpacks here uh, for those kids why don't we sing why don't we sing uh, I don't know maybe how about yes Jesus that's too high. Yeah, yeah. Mm. 
Somebody help me. Yeah, Jesus loves me. Yeah, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little one to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Now let's sing it. What a visual, huh? To see that, isn't that amazing? You can be seated. Um, dog, you want to come up and greet the congregation? Come on. Amen. Uh, dog and I have become great friends, and uh, I love him very much. He has a great call of God on his life. He's going to reach a lot of people church won't reach. And... Uh, Honored to have him today. Hello. There you go. <laughs> so I was hoping you'd do this. I love you. So Pastor Kent Christmas is my mentor. And even Tony Robbins said, what a great guy to have as a mentor. So I'll make this short and sweet. We are so, we miss you so bad and your wife and your family and your church and the kids and everything. I have been raised in the Assemblies of God my whole life. I've seen some of the greatest preachers. You, brother, are the best. <laughs> and your, your wife is getting better, too. And your son and your daughter, I'm, dear, what's happening here? It's the Holy Ghost. So I wanted, I'm glad you said this because I want to introduce you and say, behold the power of God. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Well, this is um, one of those Sundays that I'm not sure what we're supposed to do. Um, amen. What a wonderful time of praise and worship that we had. Um, I don't know. For some reason, the Holy Spirit sometimes will just give me bits and pieces of something. And... Uh, I'm, I'm not really excited about that way, uh, but um, we're just going to step out into deep water here today by the Spirit of the Lord. <clears throat> and um, this week, God began to talk to me out of the book of Esther. I'm not sure I've ever even preached out of the book of Esther. Um, it's a very interesting book because God is never mentioned. It's the only book in the Bible that God has never mentioned. And yet, this book 
has more God in it than about any other book. And God began to just speak to me, and he said, son, there are parallels that are mirroring where the church is right now in this book. And there are, there are key figures in this story. One is Ahasuerus, one is Esther, one is Mordecai, one is Haman. And as I was just letting this reflect in my spirit, God just began to speak to me. He said, Ahasuerus represents the Father. Esther represents Jesus Christ. Mordecai represents the Holy Ghost. And Haman represents the devil. And with that, those kind of keys, I, I think there are ciphers in this book that God is wanting us to understand what's happening in this hour and where we are. And I can tell you this, unless you have keen discernment, there are things that are beginning to take place that if you don't understand it, you will become deceived. In Revelations chapter 18, and I think verse 23, it's talking about the fall of Babylon. And when you read about Babylon in the, in the book of Revelations, it talks about that it was a place that the merchants of the world came to. It was the very epicenter of prosperity and all kinds of things. And yet it talks about Babylon falling in one, that one day. But in it it says that, that in it it said that the men that controlled Babylon, it calls them great men. When you begin to break that down, it, you, you realize that these were the cream of society. They are absolutely the most wealthy men in the world. And when we think of wealth, a lot of times we think somebody has a million or two million dollars, that that's a lot. But there are men today in the earth that are worth a hundred billion dollars. We don't know how much the Rothschilds are worth. There are groups of, of men that are perhaps a trillion dollars, and it's outside of our minds. We can't get a hold of this. But in, the, in this setting, it says this. It says these great men will by their sorceries deceive the nations. When you go back to the Greek, the word sorcery comes from pharmakeia, where we get our word pharmacy or drugs, and one of its meanings is poison. And it says that these men will control and that they will deceive the nations through pharmaceutical products. And right now we're banned from YouTube and we're banned from Facebook because I guess there are just algorithms that somehow, well, I'd actually like to be on Facebook and YouTube so the word of the Lord would get out more. But so I'm trying to be a little more careful here that we don't trigger these algorithms and that they shut us down. So... Um, but it's very interesting that the world can name us and denigrate us and tear us apart, and there's no backlash. But the moment you mention a name from their side, all of a sudden it's, it's a different game of rules. But the, the Bible here is talking about that these great men would, would deceive and they would control nations through the pharmaceuticals. And all of this COVID thing that happened in the earth was, was a test run. 
And they wanted to see how fast people would give up privacy for convenience. And it's amazing how fast people who are not understanding, not everybody is woke. There's just a whole bunch of people that are ignorant. It's true. I'm not trying to be facetious here. But one of the, the most powerful men in the world, and I'm not going to say his name, but uh, he's tied to computers. Amen. Controls the pharmaceutical realm and the vaccines. And in 2024, the World Health Organization will convene with the United Nations, and their main agenda will be dealing with digital identity. And a QR code, a code is eventually they're going to want to release a QR code to every human being on the earth. And listening to one of the men who was part of president of the Club of the Rome said that we want to decrease the population of the earth by 85%. That the earth is only able to sustain one to two billion people. And so in the midst of all of this, while most people are being deceived have no understanding of what's going on in the spirit realm, God is at work. You cannot outlaw God. Now, you can pass natural laws. You can burn the book all you want. You can tell us that we cannot pray. But there's no way that you can ever eradicate God from the earth because the Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And so the presence of God will always be in the earth. But we now see where years ago our goal was we were trying to reach our city or we were trying to reach our state or we're hoping that our nation will turn back to God. But all of a sudden since 2020, there's no longer, it's no longer a national thing. It is a global thing. Why? Because the harvest that God is giving looking for in this hour is not one nation, but it is global. And so the enemy has instituted a process that he is trying to globally go against the harvest that's in the earth. That's why the Lord raised this church up. We're not a normal church. I know that. I'm not a normal speaker, but I can tell you this, that there is a utterance of God that needs to be released in the atmosphere, and God needs bold men and women that will stand against the tide. This church is willing to take a stand on the rock of ages and say, we will not do this. We will not accept this by the power of the Holy Ghost. And so into this setting... In a book where God is never mentioned, Ahasuerus, who is a, is a, seems to be a, a godly king and yet does not really understand the things of spiritual nature, makes the feast and says, bring Vashti in so that she can show us her beauty. And so there is this, this cry from the king's heart that I want the world to see the beauty of my bride. It's the cry of the heart of the Father that the world can see the beauty of the church 
in this hour. And God has been calling in the atmosphere. Come unto me. Hallelujah. Let me beautify you. Song of Solomon is a beautiful analogy of the marriage between Christ and the church. And how beautiful God wants the church to be. If the world could see the beauty of the church. And stop thinking that we're just full of hatred and bigotry and racism. And that we're after the gays and we're after the transgenders. No, we're not. We want the world to see that God is love. Hallelujah. And that God is reaching to every single human being on the face of the earth. And he's saying, come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Oh, may the Spirit of God rise up in the earth in this hour. The church is not going to die. We are not going to lose. It does not matter what it looks like. But see, God was in this thing because the whole book of Esther is about one thing, the life of the Jews. And so really we have to add another player to this, this play because in the New Testament, Paul said, he who is a, not a Jew just outwardly, but he is a Jew inwardly who has been circumcised of the heart. And so before, even before there was ever Israel, the prophetic word of the Lord came and said to Abraham, all nations shall be blessed from your seat. And God raised up Israel because he wanted to show the earth how beautiful his wife looks. That's what Sinai was about, that moment there. And, oh, there's so much in there about the betrothal and the commandments and the fire and, and all of those things that God was engaging himself to the Jews. And Ahasuerus doesn't probably really know why he made a feast, but he had to make a feast because he had to extend an invitation to Vashti because God needed Vashti to be removed. Because Vashti had a Jezebel spirit. She was not submitted to her covering. And I'm trying to put a spiritual uh, significance to this because... We have been in a season in the earth for a long time where the church has not given God the honor that he deserves. The church became a platform for flesh to be exalted. I've been in services to where I never did feel God. Never did really hear the Lord preached. Went to music uh, award ceremonies. And I'm thinking, my God, am I at MTV Awards? You're looking at the stuff that's going on. You think God couldn't be within a million miles of this. And we, we, there was a vastized spirit that got in the church that said we will not honor God. And we're going to do it our own way because we're beautiful in our own eyes. But when that happened, God was orchestrating the events because there needed to be a deliverer come forth that would have favor with the king. 
because there was deliverance that was going to be needed in the future for a nation of Jews that hell was coming after. And I can tell you this, don't be moved by how it looks right now because God is orchestrating events in the Holy Ghost and he's telling us, don't be moved by what you see in the natural, but you hold on to this book that never even talked about God. And yet from page one to the end of it, it's all about God in favor and deliverance. God removes Vashti because his plan can never be implemented for deliverance until he has an Esther in the house. And Esther is a type of Christ. It's different in this way, but the king has given counsel after he removes Vashti and they said, we need to find a replacement. So we know the story, you know, they go out and they get all these beautiful young virgin girls from all over the provinces and they begin to bring them in and they begin to Higgy, who is the eunuch, who is in charge of the, of the Chamberlain and, and all of, the, of this process. Uh, the Bible said that, and I don't know how many women they brought in, but when they brought them in, in comes this little Jewish captive girl. ESV says she had a good figure and she was pretty to look at. And immediately when Hagee saw her, the Bible said she stood out to him. When you get a bride that loves Jesus, they will stand out to the world. Hallelujah. I've seen people that didn't hardly believe in God somehow came to church, maybe a special event or whatever, and the Spirit of the Lord started moving like it did in worship, and they're sitting there crying, big old strong dude, and, he don't, and he's thinking, I don't know why I'm crying, because the Spirit of the man has just touched the Creator. And Hagee tells Esther, he said, you just do what I tell you. And he said, here is anointing oil. Put it on. The first thing that God is doing in this hour is he's bringing anointing back to the house of the Lord. Because the Bible says only the anointing can break the yoke. We just prayed over a young man recently that um, had really begun to deal with some spirits through drug use, intravenously drug, uh, meth, and all of that for eight years, and they diagnosed him as schizophrenic, and he was hearing voices, and they, they put all, all this meds in him, and um, they asked him after a while, and they said, are you, are you hearing voices anymore? And he said he told his mother, he said, I told him no because I just don't want to be there anymore. And the drugs didn't do anything with the demonic spirits that were speaking to him. But 
when we got done praying over him, and, I, and I, I'm just telling you right now, I'm not embarrassed to say that w- the Bible says this, that these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they can cast out devils. And don't think that Hollywood doesn't know about the spirit realm. Carrie, what was the name of that movie that Nefarious? That's a, that wasn't a documentary. That was a movie. I never saw it. I watched the trailer and I thought, I don't think I want to watch this. But it was all about demonic spirits and demons and talking to psychiatrists who didn't believe in God. Don't tell me that the spirit world, that the, that the enemy doesn't know about demons because they do. But see, we think that everything should just be happy and pie in the sky. And then the church is going to wake up one day and the nation's going to wake up one day and find out. How did we get like this? Because we weren't. Uh, cognizant of the things that God was doing. This is why when you pray, God will give you understanding. My sheep know my voice. As many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. The ways of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. Finally, after one year of the selection process, in comes Esther, a no-name, a orphan who has been raised by her older cousin. And when she walks into the presence of the king, the Bible said immediately, hallelujah, immediately, God did something to the heart of Ahasuerus. And he looked at her and he said, that's her. And the Bible said he stretched out his scepter and she found favor with all who saw her. I want to bring this home to you. Uh, Don't ever believe that the enemy is going to eradicate the church. The best days of the church are coming upon us. I don't know how long it's going to last till the Lord raptures the church up. But I can tell you this, uh, this doom and gloom and it's all over and 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 we're just going to see horrible things happen. I believe prophetically that God is going to give us a window of divine favor and the world is going to stand back and say we like what they're doing. Why? Because of the spirit and the power of the Holy Ghost. May God lose favor on you today. May the Lord rise up in you. May your enemies run out seven ways. Hallelujah. May the anointing of God break every curse off of your life. May the joy of the Lord be your peace. May your body be healed. May your business prosper. May your marriages excel. May your children never be on drugs. May the God pursue your old age. May Alzheimer never touch you. May cancer have to flee your body. May the favor of God be upon you. Either it works or it doesn't work. This is not just a theory. And you know what? Ahasuerus didn't even know who she was. It's how God did it. He was orchestrating. He was removing a Vashti and a Jezebel spirit 
and replacing her with a godly little Jewish girl that had been raised and protected by a cousin. And I hope I can get all this out of my spirit. I got notes, but I'm, they're really probably not going to help me much here. <clears throat> so she's been anointed. Uh, I, you know, when f- for, for many, many years, you know this, when my wife and I, we started this church, and uh, for, for most of our existence, we were very small. And I always, the number one thing that I would hear from people was, you are too Pentecostal. (laughs) That this is a different society and that people don't want to be challenged. They want to be, they don't want to be convicted and you need to make adjustments. I knew lots of guys that started churches. You know, they'd go in for a year, and they would sit at Starbucks and different things, and they would just poll people and say, what kind of church are you looking for? And then they would craft the church around what people were looking for. That's not this church. Amen. Hallelujah. We're still Pentecostal. And I'm thinking, that's how the church started. It was Pentecostal. And on the day of Pentecost, say, well, you know, we don't want to be too emotional. Well, on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost fell, reading in Acts, the Bible said they acted so crazy. And now listen, we don't want to act nuts. I know that. We want to, we, you know, that's why I don't have people running around with, with banners and, and, all, and, and all of that and because we want to present ourselves. But I can tell you this, when the Spirit of God moves, sometimes John Bowman runs. <laughs> and, I, and I did one time see my wife run. But I can tell you this, the world is looking for a genuine experience. This is why this generation doesn't want anything to do with traditional church. You go to most traditional churches in their age group of their congregations is 60 and up. Because they are not relevant to this age. And so now all of a sudden we have a mixture in this building. We have old people. We have young people. We have young marriage. We have all the kids. And what it tells me is Jesus is relevant to everybody. Hallelujah. Esther is now sitting with the favor of the king on her, with the favor of the father. And... In this setting, she has a heart for the people. And the Bible says this, it shifts now to Mordecai. And really, Mordecai is more of a central figure in this whole story than even Esther is. Because if it had not been for Mordecai, there would have been no Esther. 
because the Bible said when she was young, her mother and father died, and Mordecai took her in and raised her, even though she was his young cousin. He raised her. He protected her. He mentored her to become the young lady that she was. I don't know what he understood, but there was something about this young girl that he wanted to protect. I can tell you that the reason that we are surviving in this hour is because there is a protector called the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Many of you have had a call on your God. Dog, you ought to be dead right now if it was not for the protection of the Holy Ghost. There's a whole bunch of you that should not be here right now. You were orphans, and the enemy was coming at you, but God looked down and said, I see a deliverer in the midst of that soul and the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost got a hold of you, mentored you, watched over you, and guarded you, took care of you. Why? Because he knew, I got to get them to the palace because they are a deliverer that's going to make a difference for the body of Christ. Mordecai was a godly man. And the enemy always recognizes adversaries. That's why a lot of you maybe in your lifetime have had a lot of pushback. Uh, I know for me, nothing ever came easy. You know, I, I taught a lot of people and it just seemed like they were charmed. That, was, that wasn't our, our walk. And uh, we got here to where we are with a lot of blood, sweat, and tears through the power of the Holy Ghost. When I look back and realize 37 years ago I was homeless in this city sleeping in a broke down car with no money and then I see what God has done today only the power of the Holy Ghost I was praying and I I told the Holy Spirit I said I really need you to preach today and I said I trust you and the Holy Spirit just spoke in my spirit and he said I'm going to do this because I trust you because you trust me and so when you trust God, when you're willing to, to take a step out of the boat like Peter, God cannot let you down. He is bound. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He has to do something. When we see what God is doing. And in this setting now, we, we see where it seems like it, it kind of, it, for a moment, it looks really good because you here have Esther, and she is going to be a deliverer of the people. That's why she's a type of Jesus, because the Bible says that Jesus came to save the people from their sins. We are delivered by the blood of the Lamb. And now, all of a sudden, we see a Hazarus who really doesn't have spiritual discernment. He is taking a man that should have never been promoted named Haman, and he promotes him to second in the kingdom. 
And we think and we look at this and we think, God, what in the world is going on? Why would this man be promoted? Because God needs Haman to be in this position for him to carry out his eternal plan. And instead of worrying about so much, all this stuff I told you about, digital identity and the World Health Organization and the United Nations and all this stuff that's supposed to happen, I just tell you, that's way out of our pay scale. You're just going to have to trust God that he knows what he's doing. You're going to have to trust that the word of the Lord will not return unto him void. Because if you don't, you're going to need antidepressants. And it's just going to get out of control. You're going to have to stand on your faith that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Look at us. We're not wearing masks today. The World Health Organization would love us still to be six feet apart, social distancing, wearing a mask. Why? But God said, no, we've had enough of that. And he changed it in the atmosphere. And when God wants to do something, he can do something. And God is your deliverer, and the Holy Ghost is your protector. You know, and life is, is going on really good. But Ahasuerus doesn't know that he's promoted a man that hates the people of God. And he knew who Mordecai, he knew the lineage of Mordecai because the Bible says in Esther that Mordecai had told them who he was. And Mordecai would sit in the gate and there had been a Decree issued that everybody that saw Haman when he was coming had to bow down to it. And we're, we're dealing with that right now in this nation. And here would come Haman, and everybody's bound down to him. he look over there, and there's Mordecai standing like this. And it made Haman so mad. He was full of hatred for this guy. And he would go home and he would tell his wife, he said, I hate that guy. And so Mordecai, these, just these neat little events, how God does little nuances in the scriptures. The Bible says that um, there were two guys, they were gatekeepers in the king's house, and they decided they didn't like King Ahasuerus, and they were going to kill him. And Mordecai heard about the plot, and he went and told Esther, and Esther went and told the king, and the king hanged those two guys, and they wrote it down in the law and in a book. <clears throat> and so everything's just going along kind of it looks like that. Haman is getting away with what he wants, and, and where we're getting ready to come right now is the enemy's getting ready to amp it up. Don't think that where we are in a nation and in the nations that the devil is going to leave us there. There is an attempt for world domination demonically that the enemy wants to institute. And the first casualty that it's going to be is people who believe in the 
soul-saving blood of Jesus Christ. And these kind of meetings, eventually the enemy will not tolerate them. And if there is, I, I watched a, a little clip where they're getting ready to release, and it shows a young man smiling, and he said, I own nothing, but I am happy. And they want to eventually strip everyone of personal possessions and this small group give everybody what they need to exist and the QR code. And then you go back to the scriptures and then you understand now where it's talking about the mark of the beast, which is a computer generated thing. And I don't want to get too much into it. I get bogged down. But what I'm telling you is that the enemy, there is hatred for the kingdom of God and he wants to stop the harvest that's in the earth earth that God is going to bring in. I believe, saith the Lord, that 2024 is going to be the best year that the church has ever seen. Hallelujah. That God is creating a window of opportunity for you and I. That's why when we get in this new building, we're going to amp it up in the spirit. We're not just going to have church one time a week, but we're going to amp it up and make place for the glory of God to be exalted and be lifted up in the name of the Lord. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Right now, saith God, I loose a river of anointing under your sound of your voice that as the Spirit of God begins to flow, God begins to loose you. Hallelujah. We come against every demonic activity, every bondage, every sickness in your body that today, under the sound of the word of the Lord, you are here healed in Jesus' name. Every plot against you, every family division will be closed up in the name of the Lord. Bankruptcy will be broken. Divorce will be stopped. Your children will be restored unto you. Relationships will be healed in the name of Jesus. So we jump to this Next issue, because before Haman could ever be promoted, Esther was. Because God always precedes the moves of the devil. That when the enemy thinks he's innovative, God has already created a solution for a problem that had not yet existed. And Haman would have got away with it if a type of crisis, the deliverer, had not replaced a Jezebel spirit that was in the palace. And this shifting that we're seeing, and God is uncovering things in the house of the Lord, and he's cleansing the body of Christ. We don't need preachers that watch pornography during the week on our platforms. We don't need musicians that aren't filled with the Spirit of the Lord and are doing drugs and sleeping around. This is a holy platform. Hallelujah. We need men and women that are sold out to the gospel of Jesus Christ, that live what they preach. No who they sing about by the power of God. Now, Paul said I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for it is the power of God and salvation. We just get warmed up in the Holy Ghost in this church. 
Facebook and YouTube keep messing with us, God will give us our own satellite. We know something's going to happen because the Bible said before the Lord comes back that the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole earth. Hallelujah. The whole earth. Ban that, Mark Zuckerberg. So Haman goes home. He says, I hate that guy. The devil hates the Holy Spirit. Because Mordecai is a type of the Holy Spirit because he is protecting Christ. In the Bible, Jesus said, it's expedient that I go away. He said, but the Father will send the Comforter. And then it calls him a proper pronoun. And he. And he. Hallelujah. That means the Holy Ghost is an individual entity, a personal person. Hallelujah. Now, we know that God is a spirit, and there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. But I can tell you this, the spirit hath not flesh and blood, but it does not mean they don't exist. They are in spirit realm. And the Holy Ghost, the Bible says, is the only part of the Godhead that is in the earth and at work. That Jesus, Ephesians chapter 1 says, is sitting on the right hand of the Father in heavenly places. Why is the Holy Ghost still here? Because there's an Esther in the house that God is getting ready to loose in the atmosphere. And when this satanic Haman demon spirit tries to rise up to snuff the people of God out, God is going to, in a moment's time, put in an ace and say, not today, but by the power of the Holy Ghost, he is loosing something by the Spirit. So Haman goes home. So this is why God let Haman get promoted. Haman goes home and... He tells his wife, I think her name was like Zeresh, something like that. I'm not really good at some of these Old Testament names. But he tells her, he said, I hate Mordecai. He will not honor me. She said, well, you know, kill him. He said, well, how do I kill him? She said, build a gallows 75 feet tall, hang him, and then go out and see the king. It's like, no big deal. God promoted Haman because God needs some gallows built. Because he was going to need some gallows because Haman represents the devil. So now we go back to, you know, I personally love Donald Trump. Uh, and first of all, let me say, I, I realize he's probably not a great Christian. I know he had affairs. I'm just talking from a political realm and the fact that he still champions the godly principles of this nation. 
and all of the morons that think we're better off now than we break, then go to the gas pumps. Go look at the interest rates. Go look at the unemployment. Go try to get help at the VA when you're sick and it's, you know, 10 months later before you get an appointment. The list just goes on and on and on and on. All of this stuff that goes on. So we're thinking, Lord, why would you allow the enemy to come in and circumvent everything that went on in 2020 and, and we now have an imposter in the White House and we have all this stuff that's going on and it seems like our nation's in chaos because God is going to make the enemy create their own weapon that's going to take them out. So I'm not being political, I'm just stating facts, all right? Just, we're just stating what's happened. And whenever you just talk about the reality of things, all the people that live in the ozone get really upset because they don't want to face the facts. But I tell you, by the Holy Ghost, God is up to something. So Haman commissions a 75-foot gallows to be built to get rid of the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> <clears throat> not realizing that you can't kill God and you can't kill the church. Say, oh, yes, no, the Bible says that the church is the body of Jesus Christ. And it says if we have been buried with him in the likeness of Jesus' death, we are also raised with him in the likeness of his resurrection. That means our physical bodies are going to die, but the eternal spirit that's in us cannot die. So the devil does not have enough authority to take the church out. Why? For on the, this rock will I build my church and the gates, the authority of hell will never prevail against it. For you shall bruise his heel, but his foot shall crush your head. So now we're getting to the best part of this story. Because you got a type of Christ, the deliverer, who has been supernaturally replaced a rebellious woman, and she is a Jew on top of that, the lineage of Jesus Christ. She's sitting in here second to the king. Because about every time she would come in, he'd say, hey, baby, what do you want? Even half of my kingdom, I'll give it to you. She wouldn't, I mean, she's not like most women. She didn't ask for anything hardly. <laughs> sit down, sit down. <laughs> Lord, I apologize for that. <laughs> <laughs> Need the Holy Ghost to protect me when I get home. <laughs> the point is that Esther was consumed with a love 
for the people of God. And she had set her affections on things above and not on things beneath. Haman builds the gallows, and he's headed to the palace to tell Ahasuerus, King Ahasuerus, to kill Mordecai. I know that right now it doesn't look like there's any way that some of this can be turned around. But God has been consistently speaking prophetically through multiple people and birthing a lot of things in your spirits that he's not done yet. The problem is, if you don't stay in the spirit, all you can see is a 75-foot gallows. That's all you can see. And Haman is on the way to tell the king to kill Mordecai. And in that setting, hallelujah, while he thought that he was so incredibly gifted with, with a genius idea, when the king went to sleep the night before or tried to, he couldn't go to sleep. God troubled his sleep. I'm telling you that there is, hear me by the Spirit, God is going to move on some politicians that are going to flip-flop on what they have been standing for, and they're going to change sides because the Lord is going to implement a temporary reprieve, and the enemy is not going to hang the church on gallows. And when he got up in the middle of the night, he said, maybe somebody could read to me. And out of all the books they've got, they just happened to pick out the one that's telling the story about Mordecai somehow stopping a plot of assassination against the king. And the king says, anybody rewarded him for this? They said, well, nobody. He said, well, we need to reward him. He said, Who's in the palace right now? They said, Haman. Haman walks in, and, and the king says, Haman. He said, if somebody really had gotten favor with the king, and the king really wants to reward him and honor him and bless him, what would he do? And the Bible says that Haman thought, well, that's got to be me. He said, well, I'll tell you what. He said, you need to put a king's rope on him and give him a crown and put him on a king's horse and make some guy lead him through the streets and proclaim to everybody how great he is. Haman said, and the king looks at Hazarus, or Hazarus looks at Haman. And he said, well, why don't you do that for Mordecai? <laughs> Flip-flop. This last move of the Lord in this nation is going to be a Holy Ghost move of God. Hallelujah. Because we are in a desperate need for a divine encounter with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. In our society, we have embraced emotionalism in every facet except in the church. The stuff that's, you know, you can look on the guide channel and you can look at the stuff that's on TV now. And it just, I'm thinking, 
15 years ago, people have been put in jail for that. But Paul talks about it, and he's talking about in the last days, and he said this. In the last days, he said one of the things is they will have no shame. You go through the mall and see how women are dressed. No shame. It's, it's just amazing when you see that. The problem is it even tries to creep into the church. I'm thankful for this godly church. Ladies, thank you for dressing appropriately. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so, Haman had already got the king to issue a death warrant for the Jews. Ahasuerus doesn't know who it is. He does not know that the love of his life that's sitting next to him on the throne is one of them. See, God sees everything. Bible says that God looks at the plots of the wicked men and he laughs at them and he holds them in derision and that he will cause their schemes to come at naught and he will cause what they have contrived to come back on them. Leads them around and the Bible says that Mordecai was promoted in the kingdom. <clears throat> Now, at this point, the gallows that were going to hang Mordecai aren't hanging him. There are some things that have been released in the nations that were meant to destroy us, but we're still standing. Hallelujah. <clears throat> and I believe that. <clears throat> Thank you for the water. <clears throat> I believe that the Lord is in the middle of reversing some things in the Holy Ghost. The issue was not who's building the gallows. The issue was who's going to hang on them. And when Esther comes in, finally, Mordecai comes to Esther. And he says, there has been a law passed that all the Jews are going to be killed. And I need you to go into King Ahasuerus and plead for mercy and get this same reverse. And Esther says, I can't go in there because unless the king holds out the scepter, he will kill me. And Mordecai has said, don't think that by hiding yourself that you're going to be exempt from what's going to happen to the Jews. And then he said this, Esther, who knows, but that you were born for such a time as this. Hallelujah. Jesus said this. If he mirrors Esther, he said this, for this cause was I manifested to destroy the works of the devil. Hallelujah. That's why he came on the earth to shed his blood and to destroy the enemy. And here we are. The gallows have been set. In Jesus' day, the enemy in hell built the cross. 
and it looked like they were going to kill Jesus. But what the enemy did not know is that when they tried to hang Jesus on the cross, all they did was hang the sin of the nature of the devil on the cross. Hallelujah. And righteousness was birthed by the power of the Holy Ghost. Can I tell you what the enemy intended for evil? God is turning around for good. And don't worry about the gallows because it ain't over yet. I've got about five more minutes or so. And so Esther says, okay. She risks her life. But see, the Bible says there was favor on her. Can I tell you, the only reason that we're here today is because there's favor on us. Man, there, we shouldn't even be in this building. There's favor on us. We should not, for the size congregation we are, be building the building that we're building debt-free. Why? Because there's favor on us. Because we are pushing, hallelujah, the agenda of the power of the Holy Ghost. And Esther says, there's, you know, I wonder if I could ask a favor. And he said, anything, half my king. And she said, will you and Haman come to dinner tomorrow? And he said, yeah. And so, uh, you know, Haman goes home. He's so excited. He told his wife, he said, um, I've been invited to dinner, and only I am the one who gets to eat with the king and the queen. And they're celebrating. <clears throat> they got the gallows out there. And Haman's thinking, boy, I got a good future ahead of me. <laughs> they have the banquet. And King says, what do you want, Esther? She said, well, I just want, wonder if you just one more time indulge me and come to another dinner I'm going to have tomorrow. Same thing happens. And the king says, what is it you want? And she says, there's a wicked foe that is trying to annihilate my people, and I need you to stop it. He said, well, who is he? And she said, it's that wicked Haman. <laughs> Haman probably turned nine shades of white. <laughs> the Bible says that he fell, Esther was sitting on the couch, and that, Haman fell on top of her, and the king came in and said, my God, is he going to assault my wife in my presence? And he looked at me and said, take him. And somebody said, well, he's built a gallows for Mordecai that's at his house. And the king said, hang him on him. And here they take him, kicking and screaming to the gallows that he built to exterminate what represents the Holy Ghost. And God reversed it. And that day they hung Haman. <clears throat> the Bible then says that Ahasuerus gave the wealth and the possessions of Haman through Esther to Mordecai. Is there not a scripture that says that the wealth of the sinner is being laid up 
for the righteous. Hallelujah. I can tell you that whatever all of this Illuminati and Club of Rome and World Health Organization and United Nations is concocting, there is a higher power named the Lord Jesus Christ who is our advocate and who is our defense. And before it's over, the enemy is going to be destroyed on the very weapon that he raised up to destroy the house of the Lord. Why? Because there is a deliverer in the house that's a type of Christ. There is an Esther anointing that God has loose favor on in this hour and the Lord is saying it ain't over until God Almighty says it's over and until then hold on hold on many are the afflictions of the righteous but the Lord delivereth him out of them all God will come through for you. Stand with me. Hallelujah. Now I want to I want to encourage you because while Haman was headed in to have Mordecai hung it was in the king's heart that promotion was going to happen. That's where we are right now prophetically. That while the enemy has built the gallows and he's coming in to those who determine the laws of the land, God, hallelujah, is going to raise up a man in high places that is going to have favor with the church. And I'm not prophesying that's Donald Trump. I'm just telling you that God is going to change the climate of this nation for a season. And he's going to do what he wants to do. <clears throat> I want my prayer partners to come. Thank you, Lord. You, my praise team, Jasmine. Now, on a personal level, there probably are many of you here today that feel like that there's a Haman loose in your life and that there's no hope. I remember being there. Just to be very transparent, my wife and I, before we ever met each other, were at such low points of our life when she went through such depression before I met her. I had a gun to my head twice. She attempted to do that. And yet the Holy Spirit stepped in and said no. God is on your side. But you're going to have to trust the Lord that no weapon formed against you can prosper. And that in a 24-hour period, God can change the circumstances in your life and give you your hope back. Hallelujah. Give you a new lease on life. So before we come as a church, if you want to find a prayer partner today, you need somebody to come into agreement with you. Very quickly, come. 
find a prayer partner that will come into agreement with you that you will not hang on the gallows that you see built with your name on them. But God is going to take what the enemy has created and use it for the enemy to be destroyed because God loves the church. <clears throat> the scripture says this in the final chapters of Esther, said that when the decree went out initially for them to be removed and destroyed, that in every province the Jews wept. At the end of the book, it said the Jews rejoiced because the fear of the Jews fell on the people and many joined themselves to them because of the favor of God that the Lord had placed on them and they to this day exist. So I want us to come as a church and I want us to fill these altars. Come on, very quickly. <clears throat> Let's fill these altars. And what I want you to do is I want you to begin to come into agreement with the Holy Ghost. That, Lord, you've already put in place our deliverance, our answers, our freedom by the power of the Lord. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Keep on coming. Let's fill it up. Let's get as close as we can.
such a sweetness of the Holy Spirit in this room. And I just sense that the Lord is ministering so very deeply to some people right now, just in a very, very deep and solemn way. And I just give him thanks for that right now. I just give him thanks for that. He has caused us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And we are honored by the presence of the Holy Ghost today. Do you believe that? We're honored. We're honored that he would kiss us with his presence today. I want every head bowed and every eye closed because I want to give somebody an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. I, I just sense by the Holy Spirit that there are some people here that would say, Pastor Candy, I'm ready to commit my life to the Lord. I've been in and out. I've been back and forth and I have been undecided, but today I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, friend, it takes courage. It takes courage. But all you have to do is just take one step and the Lord will open his arms to you, to your life today. And he will help you. He will make you a new creation. So if that is you today and you say, Pastor Candy, would you just pray for me right where I am that I will receive Jesus as my personal Savior. Just slip your hand up and slip it back down. If that is you, sir. Ma'am, it takes courage. It takes courage. Slip your hand up and say, that's me. I want to receive Jesus Christ today. I, I just sense it by the Holy Ghost. Yes, I see. Yes, I see your hand. Anybody else? Jesus loves you. I just want you to know that Jesus loves you. Anyone else in this room? I just sense it so strong. I just sense it so strong. Anybody else? You just want to receive Jesus today. We're waiting. We're waiting. Jesus loves you. I want us as a church family. I want us as a church family, everybody, under the sound of my voice, if you would pray this prayer together that no one's singled out. We're just going to pray this prayer, okay? Everybody. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I confess that I'm a sinner. But I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died on a cross 
and he rose from the dead that I could have eternal life. So Lord, would you come into my heart? Would you wash me with the blood of Jesus? Make me a new creation. I surrender my life to you in Jesus' name. Why don't you give Jesus Christ the greatest hand clap of the day? Hallelujah. What a day. What a day. What a day. My goodness, all these young people that gave their heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. My goodness, what a glorious day. I love my church family so much. I'm so honored just to walk this journey with you to see what God is going to do. I'm asking Pastor Harry to come and close us in prayer, but I love you so much. God bless you, Pastor Harry Saylor. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, can we lift our voices one more time and give the Lord glory? Come on. What the word of the Lord? The word of the Lord. One time, two times, three times, four. I don't know how many times that Pastor Kent said it over and over. And we cannot leave this room today without recognizing that the enemy builds his own gallows. He builds his own gallows. And so I just say for every Haman in our lives, every Haman in our lives, God's got a plan for you, and he's got a better plan for us. Come on. And so we just declare that in this room today. What a word from the Lord. Listen, don't forget this week, Tuesday uh, is Pastor Candy Wednesday, Pastor Kent, Marvelous Women on Thursday, all of those podcasts. And you want to make sure uh, that you get a hold of those. They're powerful. But I want to pray right now. Lord, That you know, the secret plots of the enemy are not secret from the Holy Spirit. And so he reveals those things and delivers us. The plan for deliverance is already done in the kingdom of God for every person in this room. So Father, we thank you this afternoon. We give you honor, we give you glory. The Lord that you are not only undoing the plot of the enemy, but Lord, you're releasing your plan for every person in this room. You're releasing your blessings. You, Lord, you are turning things around right now for every, if that's you, just begin to thank the Lord right now. If he's turning some things around for you right now, right now, come on, begin to say it, begin to declare it. Lord, we believe right now all across this room, you're flipping the script. You're flipping the script. You're changing, you're rearranging, you're delivering, and you're bringing your people into your glory, into your presence, and to know you like we've never known you before. How many can give the Lord right now praise and honor for that? Amen. Amen. Did you see what was on this platform? I want we, One more time. Did you see what was on this platform? Did you see what was on this platform? Well, you did. Apparently, you didn't see what I saw. I said, Did you see what was on this platform? Those young people, a generation, another generation, and another generation. 
I'm telling you right now, God is going to deliver this generation by the power of His Spirit. We're going to see revival, 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 revival. Okay. I got to quit hollering. But I believe that with everything that's within me. And God has raised up regeneration. There's not a doubt in my mind for this is our moment that he's called us all to. So I bless you this afternoon in the name of the Lord. I declare the goodness of God. I declare the kindness of God. I declare the peace of God. I declare the joy of the Spirit. I declare a release of every gift and good thing from His kingdom into our lives in Jesus' name. How many receives it today? You receive it today? Come on, one more time. Can we thank Pastor Ken for bringing a powerful word? Come on, one more time. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to say, dog did it. I'm going to do it. I'm thankful that this isn't just a platform. This is a pulpit. I said, I'm thankful that this is a pulpit where the Word of God is delivered in truth and power. Amen.